Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Market Lane Coffee Podcast and our coffee rollout series where we introduce new coffees to the Market Lane team. My name is Einar and today I'm joined by Aileen from Melbourne Coffee Merchant. The coffee we are talking about today is Jojo Estate from Kiambu, Kenya. Hello Aileen and thank you for your time. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You are the green coffee buyer for Kenya and have visited Kenya twice. We have quite a lot of material about how Kenyan coffee is produced. There are two very early podcast episodes. One where you talk with Miller and Jason and a recording from our staff meeting at Brand. For those of you who'd like to listen to these episodes, you can find them in your podcast player. And last year we did a video about Kenya for the staff. And I know you just did a podcast with the wholesale team, which will be out soon. I don't think we need to repeat everything you told us about Kenya already. Uh, we will talk about the new coffee from Jojo Estate in a moment. But I was wondering about your role as a green coffee buyer. It seems like an almost mythical job in coffee, traveling around the world, tasting and buying lots of delicious coffees. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up at MCM? Yeah, um, it is almost a mythical job, isn't it? And it's one that I wanted for a really long time before I actually got it. I started in coffee as a barista, like lots of other people. In 2011, I moved to the States and kind of worked myself into a position with a company called Blue Bottle there, where I was training for them. And that was an amazing way to really learn more about coffee and kind of explore my passion for coffee because as you know yourself like when you train something you have to know it really well to train it effectively so I kind of think of those four or five years with Blue Bottle as like my coffee education and through those years I was really starting to understand like where I wanted to go in coffee I think there's lots of different avenues that you can work towards in coffee and I was just always really excited about the production side of things so the idea of spending time with producing communities at origin um, tasting coffee for a job incorporating travel into my work that was all really appealing I moved back to Australia started working with a company here called five senses coffee and I was a wholesale account manager for them and that was a really different job from what I've been doing for blue bottle but it was kind of this amazing opportunity to understand the Melbourne coffee market because I'd never lived or worked in Melbourne before and also to understand how to sell coffee um, that was a really big part of my job and it wasn't something that I'd ever done for training in 2018 Melbourne coffee merchants were hiring that seemed like an amazing opportunity to kind of bring these interests and skills that I had developed together so I applied for the job and I got the job and it was very exciting for me and since then I've been with MCM for about four years now started as a salesperson so working with customers and looking after our customers and then have kind of progressively added bits and bobs to my role including being the head buyer for Colombia, Kenya and Rwanda. It's been really fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fun having you here as well. So let's pretend that I am a barista. I worked in a coffee shop for a while and I'm really into coffee and I'm interested in a job or a career with green coffee. What sort of skills or experience should I be focusing on getting or improving? I think that everyone in our team, we all have this great love for coffee and a passion for working with coffee and tasting coffee. But outside of that, we also have these really tangible skills that we bring to the table. So Bo is incredibly skilled with logistics. She's very good at moving coffee from point A to point B, whether that's from origin to Australia or from our warehouse to our customers. Rafa has his incredible writing skills, which has been an amazing addition to the team in terms of content creation and storytelling. And then obviously Toshi is an 
amazing QC person and he has this incredible background in roasting. So he does all of our sample roasting for us, but he's also very useful as someone who can consult with customers about how to roast certain coffees. And then I, with my background at Fives and then also um, in training before that, I'm super comfortable talking to customers about coffee and can sell coffee pretty efficiently. Outside of loving coffee, I think uh, just trying to think of different skills that you can develop or different interests that you can develop, which are going to bring something else to the table. And that might be a really long process. So don't be afraid of working in several different jobs that act as stepping stones towards your dream job and being patient as well. It takes Mm. a little time sometimes. There's not actually that many jobs available as a coffee buyer. So you have to have a good mix of bringing the right skills to the table, but also just jumping at opportunities when they do come up. A lot of our staff are interested in improving how to taste coffee. Do you have any advice how to improve? I genuinely think just taste more coffee. So at every opportunity that you can taste, even if it's not coffee, just as long as you're tasting thoughtfully, you're building taste memory or a vocabulary of words that will serve you really well in the cupping room. It's much easier to discern the differences between two coffees if you taste them comparatively. So for ML staff, I would say, you know, if you have several filters on, like make the point to taste them together and really think about what you're tasting. Think about why the flavors might be different. Look at the processing, the regions, etc. And that's just going to really expand your understanding and your knowledge of coffee. Mm. And also talk to people about what you are tasting. Yeah, absolutely. And talk to people who know more than you. Like try and get into situations where you're tasting coffee with people who have been in the game a little bit longer that you can learn from. If that's your fellow barista, one of, you know, like Jason's in the cafe or something, use those opportunities to, to learn from other people. And the more you talk about it, the more it'll kind of cement in your brain. And you're also hosting uh, Let's Cup events at MCM. Yeah. Hopefully soon we can yeah. be in the cupping room. I think that's another thing, like cupping any opportunity you get to cup. Just I know sometimes cupping events happen after hours and you're tired and you've had a hard day, but really showing up for those, like it's such a good opportunity to taste a bunch of coffees at once. But also the people in the room are going to be people that could potentially be really useful for you in terms of finding your dream job in coffee or networking in coffee. So even though I know it's a struggle because I I've been a barista who's very tired at 4pm, but also showing up for those kinds of events um, is a really good way to just learn more. So with COVID, you haven't been on a coffee buying trip for a while. Could you tell us a little bit more about your day-to-day work and, and what you're working on when you're not traveling? I think with coffee buyers, like the idea is that we're on trips all the time, but even in non-COVID life, the trips are a small part of what we do. The majority of our work is done from a computer desk. And lately, without being able to travel, a lot of the work that we do on the trips is kind of information gathering and you select, you taste and select the coffees on the trips and then you do all the farm visits. They're quite full on the trips. They're very busy. They're quite hard work. We've had to move all of those comms to different avenues like Zoom calls and lots and lots and lots of whatsapp text conversations and lots and lots of emails back and forth so there are some pros and cons to that pros being that it's really fun to cup and select the coffees together as a team rather than just being one person at origin with like no pressure just choose all of the coffees for the year so that's been really great cons being it's a lot slower it's a lot less efficient there's a lot of more turnaround time between like getting samples and making the call on what we're buying so yeah it's definitely been a really big change to the way that we buy. Outside of that, my job particularly, I'm on the phone to customers a lot, trying to relay information that we're getting from Origin and making sure that customers have their requirements met for different coffees that they need from different places. 
So let's talk about Jojo Estate. It's a new coffee to MCM and Market Lane. Could you tell us a little bit more about how you go about sourcing a new coffee from a producer that we haven't worked with before? We came about this coffee because Mia, who is the director of Kenya Coff, the trader that we work with in Kenya, when we sent her a brief for what we wanted to buy this year, we specifically requested more coffees from single estates. And so Jojo is a single estate. They are a new customer of Sustainability, who are the marketing agent that work with Kenya Coff. It's an estate that Mia has visited several times and is really super excited about. She loves Irene, who is the manager of the estate, thinks that she keeps her farm meticulously clean and is growing beautiful cherry. So I think Mia was quite excited to put this on the table for us. So she sent it as part of the suite of samples that we selected our coffees from this year. And once we tasted it, we were really excited by the cup. And then um, Macalene also loved it. Jojo is actually a nickname for the owner, whose name is Joseph Jirogi Jugma. And so his nickname is Jojo, and they've um, adopted that as an affectionate nickname for the estate. So the farm is owned by Irene and her husband, Joseph. Originally, it was Joseph's family farm, so his family planted it in the 1980s. And Irene has recently come in to manage the farm. She actually has a very successful career as a businesswoman behind her, um, but she took over the farm a couple of years ago and has been producing these amazing coffees ever since. It's a small farm relatively globally, but it's quite a large farm in Kenya. It's about 7.5 hectares. Um, and that size means that they are allowed by Kenyan law to have a factory on site so they can process and dry their coffee independently of a cooperative system, which is why we call them a single estate. If you compare that to like a smallholder farmer, a smallholder might just have a hectare or even less half a hectare of land. And they're too small to have a factory on site, so they have to deliver their cherry to a cooperative. Uh, washing station or factory that would be local to where they farm. The single estates that have their own factories, it's definitely an investment. It's quite costly to process coffee independently, but they have a lot more oversight on the quality of the coffee. And they also have a lot more autonomy when it comes to the price negotiation for that coffee. So they can kind of push the price a little bit higher. So ultimately it's a good investment and it does tend to pay off for these farmers. And we've definitely prioritized buying single estate coffees just because we love the transparency and the traceability that we get with those lots, but also there's a lot more distinction in the cup. They really stand out in terms of having a very distinct and unique flavor profile. So we've been excited to have a new single estate coffee on our lists. When we do buy coffee from a single estate, we do actually buy their full range of screen sizes. So it's full all of the grades of coffee that come off of that estate. So that's the AAs, the ABs, the PBs, and also the C grade coffees. The reason being that it's just a lot easier for the small single estates if they can sell their coffee to one buyer rather than having to find multiple buyers for different grades of coffee. So sometimes the PBs and the C grade coffees, you know, they're only a handful of bags, like they might be 180 kilograms or something. So if we refuse to buy them, they would have to buy another buyer and they would probably not do that very easily so they would have to drop the price so to kind of support those farmers and show our commitment we very happy to buy their full production all the coffees that we get from kenya are processed at the kahava bora mill could you tell us a little bit more about kahava bora so um kahava bora is a dry mill the farmers who sell coffee through sustainability which is the marketing agent associated with kenya coffee there's a um, really good diagram on our website if you want to have a look at the coffee supply chain in Kenya. Those farmers will deliver parchment coffee to the dry mill. And parchment is 
cherry that's been processed. So the cherry has been removed, the coffee has been washed, um, and then it's dried in its husk or parchment to an appropriate moisture level. And then it's taken from the factory, whether that be on a single estate or a cooperative owned factory, and delivered to the mill where it is then cupped and assessed and they start the sales process at that point. And then once the coffee has been ordered, it is milled to remove that final parchment layer and then prepared. So it'll get picked over again, sorted by several more rounds of sorting and then put into bags or backpack and loaded up to be sent to Australia. Um, So Kahawa Bora is the mill that is um, under the same kind of umbrella or parent company as Kenyakoff and Su Sustainability. We've made it a priority to buy coffees that come through that supply chain rather than coffees that come through the Kenyan auction system, just because we have a bit more, again, transparency on when they come from, but also there's opportunity for longevity in those relationships because they're working with the same people that we're working with. So Kahawabora is a mill. It's in Thika, which is about an hour and a half drive south of Nairobi. And that's where um, the Su Sustainability team also base their operations. They see so much coffee come through that mill and they cup every lot and record cupping notes and scores for every lot. So they're typically, their QC team is cupping maybe 300 to 400 coffees a day. So it's an insane amount of coffee. And that's kind of really the starting point for understanding what kind of quality you're seeing in the cup and um, where they're going to start selling those coffees. The coffees that we get from Kenya, they are washed process uh, and also they're usually the same varietals. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Almost all coffee in Kenya is washed processed. And that's just because by the time the Kenyan coffee industry was being set up in the late 1800s, that was kind of the accepted practice for producing really high quality coffees. Um, and it also suits the Kenyan climate. They don't have as long dry periods as you would get in certain parts of Ethiopia or Brazil where naturals are a bit more common. And yeah, most coffee that's grown in Kenya, at least in central Kenya, where we buy coffees from, are either SL28 or SL34 varieties. Those are varieties that were developed by Scott Laboratories in the early 1900s, um, specifically for the Kenyan terrain and the Kenyan climate. And they were widely promoted by Scott Laboratories. Um, And so a lot of farms are planted with those varieties. You do see some newer varieties coming out of Kenya. The SLs are beautiful in terms of cup quality. They're kind of finicky plants like they are not particularly disease or drought resistant and drought has increasingly become an issue in Kenya because of climate change and they need a lot of space you have to plant them quite wide apart so the Kenyan government has done some work on um, developing newer varieties that kind of maintain the good cup quality but you can plant them a little bit more densely so you get more yield off of the land that you have and uh, they're more resistant to diseases like coffee berry beetle um, and drought and uh, namely, we're seeing a lot more Batian and Ruru 11 out of Kenya, but still they only make up about 5 to 10% of the lots that we buy. And they'll be mixed in with the SLs. And we had a taste of Jojo Estate. Uh, do you want to share some of your tasting notes? Yeah, I love this coffee for how sweet it is. I think it's just a very syrupy, sweet example of a really great Kenyan. Um, So for me, I think it's very sweet and rich, very full-bodied. I got notes of uh, grapefruit, treacle, currants, a little bit of black tea on the finish. It's got a really nice balance to it. And I think it's a really clean coffee as well. It's very transparent. It's lovely. Mm, Yeah, my notes were ripe, fresh summer fruits, apricot, strawberry, purple grape. I thought it's complex, rich and full-bodied. And on the aftertaste, I got some cacao and butterscotch sweetness. Mm, yum. 
Jojo Estate is a washed process SL28, SL34 and Riru11 varietals from the Kiambu region of Kenya. Tasting notes are black currant with dark chocolate and a sweet finish. This coffee retails for $24 for 250g and $7 per cup. We will have this coffee on the shelf and on the menu until the end of November. Thank you everyone for listening and thank you Aileen for all your information. You're if, very welcome. If anyone has questions about not only Kenyan coffee but coffee in general, how can we get in touch with you? Um, I think a really good way to keep up with what MCM's doing is just to follow us on Insta. We give quite regular updates about what the team's working on. Um, and there's a lot of great information there, but also on our website. But of course, we're always up for a chat about coffee. We love talking about coffee. Um, so if anyone from ML ever wants to get in touch, we're, we're very happy to answer questions as they come up. Thank you very much again. And we hope you like this coffee as much as we are loving it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.